you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thanks so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is on tap. She's, J-Mac is not with us today, so that means we also don't have video. Yeah. Um, we'll pray for oh, J-Mac. Man. Right. Oh, yes, we need to. <laughs> I, well, oh, I go immediate to like the not focus, right? Like the not. <laughs> that was my uh, sarcastic way of saying when we do video, I have to worry about like, you know, looks and stuff, right? I mean, <laughs> right. people want people want you to comb your hair when you do video. I don't know why. I feel like people put burdens on you that they themselves well, are the unwilling to do, bear. You, know. you don't listen. You don't go comb your hair to listen. Why should I have to? I'm sorry. This is not the time for that. But that's how I feel. You don't. You don't say it's time for the Addisons. Let me go brush my teeth. Like you don't do that. How you know they don't do that? I don't they know. Might. And and actually, if they don't, I'm concerned. You should be brushing your teeth. Okay. Right. Oh, this is not a. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm Miki. No, I'm Sorry. Will. Hey, yes. it's great to be with you uh, on this Thursday edition. J-Mac, uh, we need to be praying for our brother. He's not feeling well. That's where we should be focused. Yes. And that's why we're not having video today. And so, but Sherry B is still there. Yes, she brushed here. her hair. Um, you won't be able to see that when she takes your calls in the last <laughs> segment. But just trust us when we say that her hair is brushed. Yes. Um, hey, in this first segment, we are going to talk about AFA's streaming platform mm, and why this is so important. We had to do this. Like, really, there was no choice. Mm. Uh, and so joining us to talk about that fresh on the other side of his show. Right. <laughs> quite, quite literally. <laughs> it really is quite literally. Don't stop. Fresh <laughs> on the other side. Uh, of his show is Walker Wildman, who is the host of The Core and Vice President of Operations here at American Family Association. <laughs> hey, before we get into this discussion, what I'd like to do for you gentlemen is I'd like to throw out an article that we can talk around um, as okay. we talk about the streaming platform, because I think that this article is really going to make the case for why we had to do what we had to do here at the American Family Association to make sure that our listeners and our supporters are able to get all of the content that they expect. Mm. Uh, so here is the article. This is a Christian Post article um, mm -hmm. uh, presenting information from a recent survey by Rasmussen. Um, and it says over two-thirds of adults in the United States believe cancel culture has gotten out of control. Two-thirds of adults in the United States <laughs> believe that cancel culture has gotten out of control, and most believe protecting free speech is more important mm. than protecting people from speech that is offensive. That's according to this new study or the new okay. findings from this survey, which I thought was really, really interesting. Yeah. Uh, Rasmussen and the National Pulse conducted a survey of 1,000 U.S. adults uh, between October 27th and 28th. And according to this report, which was released yesterday, 72% of respondents, and this, I, I'm, I am encouraged and surprised by this. You know, I'm glad that the number is as high as it is, mm -hmm. but I'm a little bit surprised that it is as high as it is. Um, so, but here we go. 72% of respondents said they believed 
that cancel culture had gotten out of control. Now, 15% disagree. They think it's just fine. And 12% aren't sure. I always feel like those are the so, people who fell asleep during the survey. So you really were surprised at 72%? I think that's, I think people are You think that's on par with, you? do yeah. you? Okay, let's talk about we, that. I think what we hear, what we see a lot of times is the minority. It's the, they have uh, the loud voices. And that's right. Say, but I think most yeah. people are like, man, done with this, you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay, well then that's good. Walker, what do you, what say you, do you, you agree with that? You think that, that that seems to be sort of the tone of the country? Yeah, I think, I think it has because cancel culture has now moved beyond, this is not just liberals canceling conservatives anymore. True. Yeah. yeah. Are, are liberals canceling Christians anymore? Right. Mm-hmm. They're starting to cancel each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> and right. I mean, I mean fire squad. yeah, so I think it's hitting, it's hitting Hollywood. Yeah. These are not like hardcore evangelicals that are being canceled anymore. Right. Yeah. They're done with, they've already canceled all they want to cancel on our side. That's so they're true. moving to their own. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think it's really, you're seeing people, and this is not just on, on free speech, but you know, you're seeing people like billionaires, like Elon Musk, who is by no means like a conservative. He right. may have like capitalistic tendencies and he likes a free market because he's a billionaire, but he's speaking up now basically saying that all these Democrat ideas are bad ideas um, <laughs> because they're starting to come after his checkbook. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so right. I think, I think they've, they've really, you know, really gone a little bit too far here. Yeah. And that's why people are like, all right, this is enough. We can't cancel everybody. Yeah. So yeah. it seems like to me what you guys are describing is the fact that now we've entered into a time where we are among cancel cannibals that they're eating their own. And so, <laughs> yeah. and so yeah, the cancel about, cannibals are like, no, we got to get out of this. Think about the Netflix situation over, I think Chappelle is how you pronounce oh, yeah. the, yeah. the yeah, comedian's right. name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and I'm not, I'm not endorsing the comedian. Right. At but all. Netflix yeah. is not a <laughs> like moral authority on what can get published on their platform or not. Right. Uh, right. They, they publish all kind of filthy stuff and yeah. we've covered some of their shows that yeah. they, that they produce and put on their show including 13 Reasons Why, mm-hmm. which glorified teen suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but you had you had some people and some employees that were mad at the comedian for making jokes about transgenders, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they were trying to cancel Netflix, mm-hmm. uh, the company mm-hmm. they work for and that produces all kind of left-wing documentaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's just another example yeah. of, right. of, it, of it going going too far. Yeah. yeah, and so to to the point of all of this, um, we are breaking away from even the the concern of that because once you, as your grandfather said, uh, over twenty five years ago, when you own the microphones, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about somebody <laughs> pulling the plug, so to speak. And so the AFA streaming platform really is the twenty first century's ownership of the microphones. Mm-hmm. Like, talk about that, Walker. Yes, absolutely. That's what my grandfather. That's why he launched American Family Radio, right. which is what we're talking on now across the country in over thirty <laughs> states. And we control the mics. Will and Mickey run the board, run mm-hmm. the mics, and run their show. And we're not having to be concerned about you know, uh, going through CNN or these mega corporations, <laughs> oh, these left-wing corporations to get our microphones. And this is what Dan Bongino, and I want to give a shout-out to him right now. Mm-hmm. This is what he's dealing with now is his show broadcast on Cumulus Media Stations, mm-hmm. uh, which he has a, a syndicated contract with. Mm-hmm. Well, they're forcing this experimental jab on all of their employees at Cumulus mm-hmm. Media, and Dan Bongino is frustrated at that. And he is telling them that they can have his show or they can have the jab forced on all their employers, employees, mm. but he's not doing both. They can't have wow. both. Um, wow. but, but he's having to do this uh, negotiating with Cumulus Media because he doesn't own Cumulus Media. 
That's mm-hmm. a separate corporation. Yeah. So we own the mics here at American Family Radio. And as a result, uh, Mickey, what you what you were talking about there is we just built our own video streaming platform, AFA Streaming. And this really culminated and came about about uh, um, a year ago where we kept getting our YouTube videos pulled down. Mm-hmm. We kept getting uh, In His Image yeah, yeah mm-hmm. on, on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime. We kept getting all these videos pulled down because they, the, the hosting company didn't like what we were putting out. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So we said, let's build our own video platform. So that's what we did, AFA Streaming, and we have all kind of video content up there ready to stream. We, incl- we have a, a Cultural Institute series by you, Mickey, on critical race theory, a mm-hmm. two-part series there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Marriage Family Life Conferences are up mm-hmm. and loaded, uh, uploaded there. I watched some of the uh, uh, sessions the other day. Mm-hmm. So awesome. a lot of great content there. So tell awesome. our listeners what that will look like so that um, we can all understand and all be on the same page. Because I think that there are people who may be listening and they say, well, I already support American Family Association. I support American Family Radio, for which we are incredibly grateful. But describe the distinction between the streaming platform and the support that may just come into the ministry. How how are these things different? Yeah, so AFA Streaming is a, we have two tiers. So we have a free account. So anybody can go create a free account. You just have to create a username, a password, and put in your email address, and then you get a free account. And a free account will get you access to certain things on the video platform. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you can go watch AFA at the Core, all of our radio shows. We're we're adding one a week, and I think uh, airing the Addisons, if they haven't told you all, is coming in a week or two uh, to the video platform. So Jeff, your producer, uh, Jeff McIntosh, he is going to upload that. Along, we already have the Hamilton Corner and AFA at the core there, mm-hmm. and then today's issues is going to come the week after that, so on and so forth. But there's other free content uh, there, so a little bit of free, a little bit of, of paid content, and the second tier is a monthly gift of any amount. So okay. if you donate monthly, uh, five, I, I do a five dollar a month gift to American Family Association, and mm-hmm. I get access to the streaming platform. Uh, so folks can do that, and it needs to be via credit, debit card, or e check. Uh, because the way our system is set up, the way our IT team built it is it's all automated. Yeah. Uh, one, once you, once a user gets in the door, we're not having to manually manage that user throughout their lifetime. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's an automated system so that when you're, if your donation lapses or for some reason you don't want to donate anymore, uh, our system picks that up and it changes your subscription type. Hmm. So is this something that replaces the AFA, AFR app? Is, is this different or would it be kind of a complement to that? Uh, or do is it all just going to one area? Well, right now it's it's separate. Um, right now, this is actually the first product or system that we've ever launched where you need an account to log in. So, mm-hmm. with the American Family Radio app or the AFR website, if you want to go listen to Airing the Addison's podcast, you just go there. You know, find the podcast, play it. You don't have to log in or anything else. Right. Um, but this is this you have to log in because you got to have a user account with the streaming platform. So that's the way this is set up, and we're looking we're looking actually at this login model um, across all of our departments and divisions mm-hmm. uh, because what we want down the road eventually is for a user to have uh, like a watch list. So mm-hmm. that's what we have on AFA Streaming. You can you can uh, add airing the Addisons to your watch list, and then when you log in, you can click your watch list and go find it quickly. Mm. We're wanting nice. to deploy this across our radio network as well to where users can build their own custom listen list, wow. if you will. Yeah. So what would be what would be the draw for some of our listeners who are thinking, do I want to have all access to the streaming content or do I just want to enjoy the free content? What would be um, the way that you would describe the distinction there that would be available to someone who um, becomes a great commission partner? 
Well, the, the, the free gives you access to, as I mentioned, certain content, and you yeah. can stream on one device at a time. Okay. So, for example, I can't, if I have a free account, I can't give my wife and my kids all my login credentials, and then we're all on the video platform separately watching different stuff. Okay. Uh, so you can only log in on one device at a time with the free subscription. Uh, the the uh, monthly donation, you get you can stream up to five devices at a time. So mm-hmm. if Will is traveling, he can be watching um, uh, stuff on AFA streaming. You can be at home watching stuff on AFA streaming, and then you still mm-hmm. have three other logins to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, this is good. Yeah. yeah, that's a benefit there is you can you can watch simultaneously on multiple devices if you have the uh, the monthly donation. But also, if you, if you donate monthly, you get access to just a lot more content. I mean, you okay. get access to everything. All of our documentaries, The God Who Speaks, every single Cultural Institute series that we've done. Uh, so you just get access to probably almost three times as much content. Fantastic. How can our listeners learn more about this? They can go to streaming.afa.net. That's the URL. So just streaming.afa.net. And right there on the homepage, they can click login slash sign up, uh, click the sign up button, enter your email, your password, and then you'll have an account and you can start watching. And if you want to donate, you can do the same thing there as well. Streaming.afa.net. Hey, Walker, we got about a minute before we go to the break. Since I have you here or we have you here, (laughs) I just want to get your take just real quick here. We're talking about um, forcing the jab on people and we're Mm. talking about what's coming from the Biden administration. Um, Praise God that we have some wisdom Uh, in positions of leadership here at the American Family Association. And we are not forcing employees to um, put any unfamiliar substances (laughs) into their bodies um, as a condition of their employment. Mm. Uh, But this is not the same across this country. We know that there are companies and organizations. Some of them are nervous about what their response should be or even can be. And then others are just rolling over. But to the companies or to the organizations that may be listening, what is your encouragement to um, people who are convicted? Uh, How do they stand against this? Yes. Hold the line. Do not Mm -hmm. give in. Do not force your employees to get this experimental shot. If you're a federal worker or or you're being forced by your company, hold out. You don't have to get it. Fight it. Make them fire you. Make them document why they fired you. And then all the all the CEOs and the and the companies out there, do not force this on your employers because the lawsuits are coming and I believe we'll win. Oh man, very good, very encouraging. All right, Walker Wildman, everybody, host of the core and AFA Vice President of Operations. Don't forget to check out streaming.afa.net. We'll grab this break and we'll be right back. Where there are no chains Where real love never fades I wanna go to freedom I wanna go to freedom I wanna go to freedom Freedom I wanna go to freedom Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio I'm Miki And I'm Will and that's five featuring Cam Freedom and I got a correction uh, from Will the Great. So don't think this was Walker. It was Will the Great. I said, uh, host of the core. It's AFA at the core. <laughs> I'm just cool like that. I shorten people's names. Yeah, Wuh. you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you change, you change uh, lyrics to music, to songs. Okay, and, all right. You know, I do. Well, that's, you have new that's choruses. A, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, so, but you didn't, it wasn't, I shortened your name. Did you hear? You can't, sh- I shortened Will. 
which is how you short and well (laughs) i just didn't want you to miss that i was pretty proud of that so i didn't want you to miss it it. i I know i I know i help you i just i'm here i'm a helper that's me the helper yes right uh the one given to you welcome back to erin the addison's on american family radio hey let's turn our attention as we're talking about streaming and we're talking about programming here on american family radio coming from american family association we've got a new program that we are excited to tell our listeners about um here's one of the things that i i think we exist in culture to be salt and light amen and there is not a thing that we will face listen to me there is not a thing that we will face that we have to go outside of the word of God or outside of the encouragement or the heart of God to try to find answers. And so this program, Hannah's Heart, is another one of those responses to what is going on, what ails us as Christians, what affects us as the family of God, and we can have a biblical response to that. Mm -hmm. Joining us now is Ann Cockrell and Kendra White, and they are the co-hosts of Hannah's Heart, which premieres this Saturday, Mm. 5 p.m., on American Family Radio? We've actually already Is, is this last premiered. week? This was last week. I thought so. Listen, I thought so. Let me tell you something. Because we were scheduled to have you guys on last week. That's true. And we then there were. was a conflict. Yeah. And so I thought, wait a minute. As I was saying that, I thought, no, because we were... Anyway, it's all right. you know what I'm going to do? Good. Let me tell okay. you what I'm going to do. For some people that haven't heard about it yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Like like the host right now. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me say this is what I'm going to do. From here on out, mm-hmm. Will the Great is going to take over. And what <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that. is I'm going to serve in his position, which is to ask points of clarifying <laughs> you, questions. Like, can't, I, that's no, what I'm going to do. So that means you got to come and run the board, too. <laughs> now, that I cannot sure do. <laughs> we, would, we would fail, guys. Uh-huh. If I got behind like any kind of electronic thing, like we that we we'd be broadcasting from Mars. Um, all right. Well, Kendra, go ahead and talk about your show. <laughs> you can call I'm me. Just uh, k- by the Cut. way, that's funny. Oh, you guys are too much fun. I love, I love you, love you all. Oh my goodness, yes, well, yes. Okay, but let's talk about Hannah's heart. First of all, uh, why don't you guys kind of give us a little bit of background, a little bit of setup, um, maybe share a little bit of your story, your testimony, and then from there, uh, talk about the aim of the program, Hannah's Heart, which which premiered last <laughs> weekend. Yes. Um, okay, I'm Ann, and um, thank y'all for having us on today. Mm-hmm, I'm yeah. honored to be here. And uh, yeah, so Hannah's Heart is all about... Um, infertility and miscarriage and child loss, but we definitely cover um, even more topics in those fields. Mm -hmm. Uh, But really where I guess the heart of this ministry started was with my own struggle with infertility, mine and my husband's, and then um, we've experienced some miscarriages along the last four years. And so Mm -hmm. uh, we have four babies in heaven right now. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, that's really where... um, going through those lonely days and feeling like no one else exactly, at least I didn't know of anyone else going through um, what we were going through at the time. We had a wonderful support system always have with our family and friends, but no one I felt like could quite understand what hurt uh, was going on in my heart. You know, Mm -hmm. seeing those baby announcements and gender reveals Mm -hmm. and dressing up kiddos at, you know, Halloween and all that kind of stuff and doing Christmas with kids. Um, You know, all that starts kind of getting to you when you feel like you're not getting to experience it or when you know that, um, you know, one of those kiddos should be here right now. Mm -hmm. And so 
Um, Anyway, that's kind of where the idea of this ministry came from before I actually started working at AFA. I didn't know what the Lord was putting on my heart exactly, like what this would look like. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when I actually mentioned it to Walker at his supper table one night and then to Wesley one day here, um, they kind of helped get this thing rolling and then Kendra and I actually met here at AFA and she shares a lot of the same story you know unfortunately but at the same time um it's been wonderful to uh get to meet people that are going through the same thing you know yeah this issue is so prevalent like Mm -hmm. I had no idea until we were our family was going through this it's one in eight couples struggle with infertility and Mm -hmm. one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage one in Mm -hmm. four and so even just since um, announcing about Hannah's heart, both Anne and I have had friends privately contact mm-hmm. us or, or just listeners of AFR saying, I've had three miscarriages. Mm-hmm. Our family has been trying for six years. People that I know, people that I don't know. Uh-huh. And it's, it's so prevalent. And the reason I know, I know the topic feels very narrow for um, a podcast and radio show, um, but it affects so many people and there's so many complex emotions that couples have yes. to work through That's with right. this because you've got issues like um, the goodness of God and why do, mm-hmm. you know, the phrase, why do bad things happen to good people? Which, of course, mm-hmm. we know there are no good people. <laughs> We're all sinners. Mm-hmm. But right. but Christians struggle with God, I'm serving you. Why are we dealing with this? Yeah. Um, that's a major issue. It affects marriages. A lot of marriages are torn apart. You can either grow together through this kind of adversity mm-hmm. or it can rip and pull you apart. Mm. Dealing with infertility reveals idols in your life that maybe you didn't know were there. It's incredibly yeah. difficult and convicting. And then there's also um, pro-life issues that come into play when you're when you're praying about fertility treatments that are involved. Mm. And so we want to help couples deal with all of that. I know that's a lot, but help them process that through a biblical lens um, because there are other uh, Facebook groups that you can join that are like the positive vibe fertility club, you know? Yeah. Feel good. Like just say it and believe it, you know? And if I'm honest, I look in the word of God and there is no verse that promises me that if I love and serve him, I will have a biological child Mm -hmm. because we live in a fallen world. (laughs) Kendra, let me, okay. So let me springboard from that because that was going to be the place I wanted to go next. Um, We don't talk about it often. We may have mentioned it maybe once uh, if, if, if that on the program, but will the great and I miscarried our first baby. Mm. So we were expecting a baby before Mariah and we lost that baby And I just, one of the things that I I think that believers can battle with, um, however, however short or long the time span between having the next baby, if in fact you, you actually do conceive and have another baby, but there's this feeling that God owes us something. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that most women and men, husbands and wives Mm -hmm. are afraid to explore, or maybe they're unwilling to explore, but we live in a culture that sort of feels like God is good and he owes us that goodness Mm -hmm. that we define. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so, so women are supposed to be fertile. Men are supposed to be fertile. So whenever you encounter a situation where that doesn't happen, it's like, wait a minute, um, my expectation, God, is that you're good because, and yes. and your goodness right. is connected to what comes from your hand. How do you guys help couples navigating that? 
There is a psalm that helped me so much, particularly when my husband and I dealt with our miscarriage. And um, the psalmist starts off with this really crummy attitude. And so I related to him. (laughs) So he's looking around and he's seeing that the wicked are prospering. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what? what's the point? You know, Mm -hmm. surely I have served you in vain, Lord. Mm -hmm. Surely I have kept my heart pure in vain Mm -hmm. because it seems like the wicked are flourishing. And I've, I've been honest, I've dealt with that because I have people that I know who have done things in the wrong order. Mm. Yeah. And they have not been pure. They have not uh, waited (laughs) to to be married to their spouse and they um, have gotten pregnant and then, and then it's celebrated and, um, or some, some moms who get things out of order and then don't even want their baby Mm. and want to abort them. And that dealing with those issues is so grievous to my heart. Mm -hmm. And the Lord really dealt with me on that saying that, that I had the attitude of the psalmist of, well, surely in vain have I kept my heart pure, wow. but one day the Lord just really corrected me. And this was um, actually even before I was married, I was dealing this with, with a different issue, but the issue of singleness mm-hmm. and feeling mm-hmm. like God owed me a husband because I had been remaining pure. Because mm-hmm. we come with our receipts. We, we do. Are ready to I did this. So everything clearly. that we've done. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. And it, it was a lonely Friday night on in my bedroom. And I, I was almost like I knew I needed to be in the Lord's presence and I, something needed to be worked out, but I didn't even know how to pray or articulate what I was feeling. And it was almost like the Lord just tapped me on the shoulder and he said, Kendra, what is it that you feel that I owe you? Mm. And it just like cut me to the heart. And wow, I was like, wow. this is my Lord and Savior who died for me. Wow. You don't owe me anything. Come on. You don't owe me anything. I oh, owe man. everything to you. Okay. And so having that perspective in marriage has helped carry through to me to now this phase of life. But if you go back to this psalm, and I need to look up the the chapter, I think it's 70 or 73. 73. 73. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Will. Look at Mr. Bible <laughs> Scholar over there. But his perspective changes because he, he's complaining about all of this. And then he comes to the house of the Lord. Mm-hmm. He says, and then I came into the house right. of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden his language starts changing. And he starts saying things about, you know, the Lord being enough. For, he is my portion mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. And it's now all of a sudden, he's all that I need and all yeah. that I want. And I don't need anything else in life. Wow. Mm. Man, praise God. I, I remember recently, Will the Great, you walked through this song with the children in our church mm-hmm. uh, and talking about this, how you can see things happening around you and yeah. you can feel like um, those who don't fear God seem to be flourishing, like yeah. they seem to be prospering. Yeah. And I would imagine that that causes a great conflict. And I want to go back to you. I would imagine mm-hmm. that as you look at women in the church who are conceiving and giving birth to children, um, that there is the real possibility uh, and, and chances are very likely that bitterness starts to set in. Um, how did the Lord encourage you as you were walking through that, uh, even in wrestling with bitterness, but being willing to confess it? Because sometimes we're embarrassed, mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm. even when we come to the Lord, we try to, I don't know if you guys have been here, maybe it's just me, but I am tempted to try to clean up my prayer to kind of pray the right prayers <laughs> to God, right. you know, to make sound sure. Real good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Like this is, this is how I feel, but I understand. <laughs> and then try to re- rather than coming to the Lord and, and putting our full mm. weight down on mm. what we know to be true of him. Yeah. And that when there was correction, uh, we can't hide from it, that he will bring correction. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's difficult. And just to even confess to the Lord that we're bitter or that we're jealous or that we're coveting. How did you navigate that? 
Well, so it, it really took me a long time to get there. I mean, really, like, and I, Mickey, I don't know if you know, but I'm actually expecting now, like, I do know, but blue. I didn't want to share that. Yes. I didn't want to, okay, yes, <laughs> It can amen, be shared yeah. now. Walker busted me out on that last <laughs> week, so, <laughs> um, but, uh, so, Back in February of this year, we were told um, that if we were going to conceive and have a healthy pregnancy, all of that, um, that it was probably going to be through IVF and IVF alone, just because of all the things that we've tried over the last four years, from surgeries mm-hmm. to procedures to medicines. Wow. And um, and so anyway, I when, when that came, it was like the Lord was able to shift my heart to accept that and I know that sounds weird because the doctor's appointment was obviously really hard and I I was heartbroken and sad but I kind of had a feeling that that was coming and um, we also are foster parents right now and um, one of our kiddos is possibly going to be adopted and then two are you know still in foster care for now Um, but that the little boy that I'm talking about right now that is possibly going to be adopted I fully feel like the Lord sent him um to us last year i always get emotional when i talk about him but uh i call him my angel baby Mm. and uh i really do feel like the lord blessed my heart so much through that little baby we picked him up from the hospital when he was two days old Mm. and um he's 15 months now Mm. and uh the Lord used me getting to mother him and to watch my husband get to father him um, in such a wonderful way that I never knew would be such a blessing, um, but that it is. And so in February, when we got that news, it was like um, I was able to thank the Lord, like, God, you've let me see what being a mommy feels like. You've mm-hmm. let me see what viewing my husband as a daddy feels like. And so mm-hmm. I just have to stop and thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And God, if I never get that biological baby, it's okay. I'm I'm okay now. And my husband, he was already at that point where he, he could say I, he was okay. So he stopped all treatment, stopped all medicine, stopped <laughs> charting, all, all the things you can stop. And then in May... It was the Lord (laughs) let me have this crazy dream. I was telling someone I was going to have a baby girl and uh, we're going to have a baby girl in January. And so, um, yeah, it's crazy. And uh, just I can't thank God enough. And so he really put put me in my place, though, in February. I mean, Mm -hmm. he really did. He used he used a baby once again. He used a baby and um. Yeah, so oh, that's I so just, good. Once again, he used a baby. Once again, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he seems to do that. So um, rich. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, so in February, I feel like that was my first time that I was able to leave the bitterness at the cross and mm-hmm. to say, it, "God, thank you for what I have." You know. Oh, okay, sisters. Awesome. Can you guys? Can y'all hang around just for a little bit? I know. Listen, I understand that you guys have come on to share with us the program and where you hope to go with the program. But this is really an opportunity for ministry as well. In addition to talking about the ministry that will happen through Hannah's heart, um, I just I just would like to continue in this vein. Is it okay? Do you guys have, have a moment? We would love that. Sure, I would love it. Okay, so we'll grab the break. And then on the other side of the break, I think Will the Great has a pressing question. We'll continue our discussion just talking about what the Lord does in us and through us for his glory. And that includes infertility, struggles with infertility. It includes struggling with miscarriages. We'll take the break and we'll be right back. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio.
Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Crowder, God, good God Almighty. Man, it is so amazing um, to fellowship with believers and to be reminded, like, to yes. have one of those moments where you're just like, man, I love the Lord. You know, like, you, you you love the Lord every day. But, you know, you <laughs> have those moments where you're just like, Get oh, encouraged. You get yes, like, like yeah. man, blessed by the testimony. Testimonies have a way of, uh, you know, blessing you. Amen. And, and causing you to be, get excited, you know? That's right. We go through things, and the Bible teaches us this, that we go through things so that on the other side of those things, we can turn back and strengthen those Amen. who are going through the same things that we have gone through. That's I mean, right. and we miss out on this because we're not connected as the Lord intended for his bride to be connected, but you can see the value of the fellowship of the believer. I mm, mean, just in mm. this program, you can see the value Amen. of that. Um, our guests today are Ann Cockrell and Kendra White, and they are the co-hosts of AFR's newest program, started last week, mm-hmm. and <laughs> Hannah's Heart. <laughs> Hannah's Heart, 5 p.m. Central on American Family Radio. You can listen every Saturday, 5 p.m. Central Standard Time on American Family Radio. Um, before we went to the break, though, Will the Great, you were gearing up for a question, and then that music hit us. Yeah, yeah. My question was, I, I see you guys when you're uh, recording right across from my office, and it's, you know, husbands and, and wives. Mm-hmm. What are some of the um, the struggles or stories from the husband's standpoint? Because I, I know that has to be hard on, on them as well. And so what are some of the things that have come out of that as far as uh, the struggles on their end? Mainly putting up with the crazy wives. <laughs> yeah, I think. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we, we included our husbands in a couple yeah. episodes, and we hope to do that regularly because mm-hmm. it's not an issue that just affects women. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, men are affected by this as well, and, and yeah. marriages affected by wow. it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think with every couple, there's um, there's always a one person that is going to feel like it is my fault yeah. once you work towards a diagnosis. Sometimes it's the woman, sometimes it's the man. And I actually hear that in that spot that runs with you and Eric, and oh, he says, my, my uh, inf- it's on me. But yeah. he's like, then you say, no, it's us. It's you our infertility. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And having that perspective is what's really helpful as a mm. couple and knowing where your spouse is as you make decisions. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to include that in the program because usually – when it comes to trying things for biological children, mm-hmm. there's going to be one spouse that's like, I'm done, and one spouse that's <laughs> like, I'm not. Right. And sometimes mm-hmm. it surprises you which one it is in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and usually you have one spouse that is the super organized planner. Here's my flow chart mm-hmm. in green, yeah. you know? <laughs> and then you have one that's the like, whatever, you right. know? Yeah. And how those dynamics wow. play in a marriage really does in, uh, affect it. And I, I think, too, though, in general... This is not for everybody, but mm-hmm. in general, I think that the issue of wanting to have a biological child for women is more closely tied to our identity mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because our bodies give us constant monthly reminders. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> you yeah, know, and we're supposed to be something. <laughs> yes, yeah. so we have yeah, physical right. symbols, mm-hmm. and guys don't grow up having baby dolls that right. they carry right. around. Right. Right. So, built into our DNA is this desire to nurture something. Mm-hmm. And my poor husband, right now, we have chickens, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna just nurture the chickens if we don't get a baby. Like, I'm, we're gonna bring them in the <laughs> house. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is a part of who I am. Yeah. But the Christmas before last, 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so he's like, they are extra over. They're yeah. out. Well, no, because I'm just thinking about how children can be like chickens. So, but go ahead. No. <laughs> Maybe it is good preparation. <laughs> the, the Christmas before last, I told Will, my husband, um, I was like, look, I either need a baby or I need a puppy or I need a kitten. I need something. <laughs> <laughs> I got a puppy. I got a puppy. Oh. <laughs> I legit Amazing. made little stockings for our for our oh, chickens and hung them out on their coop. <laughs> my husband was like, this is enough. I feel like what happens, it, what you guys are describing is that that mm-hmm. will really send your husband to his prayer closet. Uh, for sure. I feel like he's like, Lord, if not for her, me, please, yeah. Lord, I can't handle any more named chickens. I can't handle chicken stockings. I can't handle puppies. Like just Lord, remember. No, I want to make a shift here, though, because, again, just drilling down to the heart of the issue, I think, is some sometimes our theology and like what we think of God. And, mm-hmm. and you just kind of alluded to this, Kendra, when you said, um, you know, so much of like bearing children and carrying children and, and rearing children is tied to our identity uh, as women. And so sometimes this can be um, a larger obstacle for us mm-hmm. than it may be for our husband. No less hurtful, um, no less painful. But sometimes it's a bigger obstacle for us. What encouragement is there for women for whom it's true that this has been tied to their identity and and they don't know how to overcome what has been their expectation for as long as they can remember? Man, I was reading again in Psalms this morning, Mm -hmm. Psalm 103. And um, it's talking about, let us forget not the benefits of the Lord. Um, And it goes in and it says, he um, satisfies our desires with good things. Mm -hmm. And what I love about that is that it's, it's a promise that we can take to the bank that he might not satisfy your desire the way that you want it to be satisfied. But, you know, going back to the scripture of if, if you delight yourself in the Lord, then he will give you the desires of your heart, meaning that he will place in your life the desire that he has for you and that there is satisfaction and fulfillment in him and in his will being fulfilled in your life. So I think for me, it's being um, holding loosely my idea and I am such a I plan so far ahead right Mm -hmm. Um, but holding my plans very loosely before the Lord and saying I have a desire to nurture that I feel is God-given and it's not Mm -hmm. going anywhere how do you want to fulfill that desire my desire is for biological children would the Lord's desire be for me to foster for me to adopt Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. my neighbor's kid who has a mom in their life, but she's never available to step in and fulfill a role without having the glory of a title or getting a card on Mother's Day? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Would the Lord call me to do something like that? Um, But I know that God can satisfy Mm -hmm. those inbuilt desires that we have in such unique ways. And that's one of the things on the show that we want to talk about. You know, Anne has done fostering and is hoping to adopt. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I have brothers who were adopted and Mm -hmm. there's, there's so many beautiful ways that the Lord works. Um, And I am confident of this, that he is able to do abundantly more than all we ask or imagine. And what I've had to say to my heart is you're not going to have to fake it. 
Kendra. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If God changes your desire, it might hurt. And there might be something that you have to let go. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. if you cling to God, you're not going to have to fake joy. It's going to be authentic mm-hmm. and he's going to so help you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now that's profound. And, and, and the reason I say that is because I think sometimes in the context of the body of believers, we are content to have people fake it. We, mm-hmm. we just want people to look like they're better. You know, we're not contain. Mm. We're not concerned with the deep issues uh, contained in the heart. Like we, we, we don't give a whole lot of care uh, with regard to that. We want people to just look whole, and we want them to present whole. But really, there's a work that the Lord does from the inside out. That the Lord really is concerned about our heart, not just what we present to people. Um, I want to get your take on this before we run out of time. So I want to make a quick shift here. Our culture now come along with me on this. Okay. Our culture does not value life Mm. largely. Our culture does not value life. Interestingly enough, even when people are trying to, um, excuse the expression, create life, Mm -hmm. our culture does not value life. Mm. So there's a conflict that exists even among believers when they are trying to, um, get pregnant. Yes. Right there, there is a conflict sometimes of conscience or sometimes people can suppress what they know to be true because Mm -hmm. they have these desires that they've not put in check. So they suspend their conscience. They say, well, I mean, I'm not really for this, but, you know, in this case, it's my best option. It's my best chance. So Mm -hmm. the Lord knows. Um, How do you guys deal with that or how will you guys deal with that (laughs) on Hannah's heart? The conflict that exists Mm -hmm. between being biblical and ethical, and then utilizing the quote-unquote options that are available in the area of infertility. This is one of my soapbox issues, Mickey, <laughs> Yay. because Yay. my husband and I have gotten deep into this world of mm-hmm. fertility treatments, mm. and not everything that can be done in a Petri dish should. Mm. Not everything mm. is life-affirming, and so we've had to deal with, I've had to have a check in my heart of, I have been pro-life my whole life. I have been Mm -hmm. consistent. We have donated. We have done all Mm -hmm. the things. Mm -hmm. We believe and say that life begins at conception. Mm -hmm. But when it's not convenient for us to have that belief, do we change what we think? Mm -hmm. And I think what is helpful to a lot of believers is, um, to, to break down that there are other options for you in the realm mm-hmm. of fertility treatments, but you have to be willing to um, say no to things that might be the fastest or cheapest or wow. <laughs> supposedly mm-hmm. yeah. seemingly better option or yeah. what the general protocol is. But there are other options for Christians that are actually medically um, becoming there's a lot of science behind them. And so Mm -hmm. I want to talk about that on the program and go through what exactly does happen in IVF and not all IVF protocols are the same. Mm -hmm. And so for me and my husband, we believe life begins at conception. And once Mm -hmm. that life is conceived, you better have a plan for it. Um, And so breaking down some of the nuances of how to deal with that. We want to have a lot of conversations. There's actually something. Have you all heard the term snowflake adoption? We have. have. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. We've something. heard about even the tens of thousands of babies Man. that have um, been frozen yeah. and that are yes. waiting. Mm-hmm. I, 
go ahead, Kendra. Well, there's, there's this is something Christian I have questions about. Go organizations ahead. Um, that help couples to adopt these frozen embryos right. that were started because of this issue. So the problem with most IVF protocols is there ends up being a lot of frozen embryos left over. What yeah. do you Babies. do with right. them? A, a lot of frozen. So that's the Thank thing you. that when, yeah, because when I, we actually read this article, um, a particular article to our kids, the big three a while back, because we're always trying to shape their understanding of what they believe and what they believe and to show them that it presents itself in a number of different contexts. It's not just at, down at the abortion clinic. It's not mm. just, you know, what you post on social media, that this is the totality of how we live and so we wanted them to understand that there is an entire medical community that is and I tell me if there's a better way to say it but I, I say creating life they they are doing this and then suspending or freezing that life but then we don't think of these people as people like mm-hmm. yeah. I mean because we're talking like science experiments you know? yeah. yeah it's devastating so what either happens with them is they they typically will either Donate them to science. So Frankenstein Mm -hmm. destruction of human life. They will just destroy them, a flushing down the drain. Mm. Um, They will freeze them indefinitely as long as the couple is able to pay the dues to keep them frozen at the fertility clinic. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is not cheap. Which is not cheap. (laughs) Or another option of, of now um, donating them. Um, and, of course, a lot of the places that, that do these donations, their their goal is to also help couples become aware to help with the problem um, of... Because of, it has become a big problem. It has problem. become... All, these, uh, all of these storage facilities are overrun, and they've been right. just... They don't know what they're going to do with it now. Right. It's really becoming... Right. Of people. Right. <laughs> and then you have one in eight desiring a baby who mm. can't have a baby. You right. Know? So what is in a and I I don't want to oversimplify this issue and that and you guys and that's why you have a program to unpack these things because they are complex and 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 you know I I think that looking at this requires more than just um a summary answer but how does the bible shape our understanding of even issues like this I mean our one word response could be or hyphenated, you know, pro-life, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we could say uh, pro-life. And so then you expect people to automatically assume what you mean by that. Or you could really drill down. I mean, when we're talking about um, snowflake adoption or we're talking about babies that are being, um, my mind wants to say created. You guys correct me if that's, mm-hmm. you know, being created in a lab. How do we get the heart of God regarding this? What passages do we turn to? What what do we take from Scripture? Psalm 139 has been my go-to through so much of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, establishing that life in the womb is is life. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, it's been hard for, for me to find a specific verse that um, defines conception because mm-hmm. that's not a term that was used <laughs> back mm-hmm. when the authors were creating it. But it's very evident that... Um, I mean, scripture says all the days ordained for me were written in your book before Mm -hmm. one of them came to be. So Mm -hmm. from the very moment that life begins, and I think biologically now we know enough to be able to know exactly when life begins, God ordains how how many days are for that individual life. And so knowing you're knit together in your mother's womb, that that would be the passage I would point people to. Mm. 
Amen. Amen. All right. So we are out of time and boy, have I enjoyed this conversation. (laughs) Give our listeners um, sort of all of the logistics, you know, what do they need to know to be able to connect with you? How can they keep up with the program? Um, All of that. So you can find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Hannah's Heart and then on YouTube as well. And my name is Anne and her name is Kendra and you can put our (laughs) names with it and it should come right up on YouTube by searching Hannah's Heart. And then you can email us. We've had multiple people to email already. uh, Hannah's Heart at AFA.net. We're out of time until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.